That'll do it. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch and shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Dante drives in and out and bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the Pathmark! Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson of KSL Sports with you. The Jazz fall tonight in Philly, 103 to 94. They fall to 12 and 9 on the season, 4 and 8 away from Vivint Smart Home Arena. Ben, we'll get down to uh, Quinn Snyder coming up here momentarily, but let's get to your sharp stats of the game, brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner of the Jazz tonight, shot 46.9% from the field. They were 5 of 22 from 3. Rudy Gobert led the way with 27 points. Donovan Mitchell had 18 on 6 of 19 shooting. Uh, Joe Ingles with 13 points coming off the bench. Bogdanovich struggled for a couple of games in a row now, Ben. He had nine points on three of 11 shooting. So uh, statistically speaking, it got a little better there in the second half, Ben. But uh, And Rudy had a nice night, but a lot of people struggled out there tonight. Yeah. Uh, the Jazz were mixing up their rotations in the first half a lot. Again, much like Marcus Gasol popping out to the top of the key and hitting threes when Rudy Gobert drops back. That's got to be Boyan Bogdanovich or Royce O'Neal switching out and getting a hand on Horford or getting a hand in Gasol's face, and they just did not do it tonight. And again, it just you allow a guy to go 6 of 6 to start a game and 3 of 3 from the three-point line and have 15 points like Al Horford did, and you can lose in a half in basketball. I mean, you really can, and I think the Jazz suffered that twice, and you can really lose in a half when you're on your fifth game in eight days at the end of a road trip. I mean, I don't want to underestimate the role that exhaustion played in the Jazz looking so poor over the last two nights. And you still wish they looked better. Right. You know, there's no reason for Jazz fans not to think or expect that this team can play better and know they can play better because you know how well they played last year and the year before that, and you know they've added talent this offseason. So they can be better than they were last season, and I believe they will be, but I also understand why the Jazz just did not have it the last two nights. I mean, I I understand both sides. I understand a dissatisfied fan base, or at least a fan base that hoped for more tonight, and then I also understand the Jazz saying, Four possessions really went poorly. You know, four possessions in the first half really went wrong, and all of a sudden it was a, you know, you you didn't score, like David said, more than four points through the first six minutes of the second quarter. Game's over at that point. Yep. Well, and and this might be a little Pollyanna-ish, Anish, whatever. You know what I'm saying. I know what you're Uh, saying. But they didn't give up in either game. Either. No, they they didn't give up against Toronto. They had that third quarter, and actually the bench came in and and played pretty well in the fourth quarter uh, in the Toronto game. And in, in this game, I mean, at any point there toward the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth, they could have just mailed it in and quit and said, "All right, well, let's get back to Salt Lake as soon as possible." And they didn't do that. No, nope. they, they tried to make a game of it. They got it within ten, uh, and it just was, you know, not not quite enough. Uh, and that's what it was. But they did. But I guess my point being is they they did have some excuses to just 
mail it in, and they really didn't. So that means they've got some other things to fix. I mean, there's still Mike Conley's got to start playing better. They've got to get more comfortable. This is not the 22nd rated offense in the NBA, or absolutely should not be, and, and they'll fix. You would think that they will fix that. Everyone has to play better. I mean, I don't think there's anyone on this team who I'm saying they're doing exactly what the Jazz need them to be doing. Rudy Gobert tonight was brilliant. 27 points and 12 rebounds, was much better than Joel Embiid, had three blocks, was almost only minus three in a game that the Jazz trailed basically the entire game. So that was a plus. I thought that was a very good sign. Uh, Otherwise, I mean, you know, Royce O'Neal didn't shoot the ball well on this road trip. Otherwise, he was pretty good. But... Joe Ingles figured it out a little bit on this road trip, 5 of 10 tonight, but he's needed to be better all season. Backup point guards have needed to be better. Ed Davis hasn't brought the toughness I think a lot of Jazz fans expected off the bench yet to this point. So I don't think there's any question that everybody needs to be better on this team. It's also a good sign, and I think it's very fair to expect that everyone will get better on this team. I, I would be surprised if this is what the final project or product is of the Utah right. Jazz this year. All right, let's go back out to Philadelphia. Coach Quinn Snyder is at the podium. To, to be down like we were um, early, um, particularly after you know last night's game um, on a back-to-back on the fourth game um, of a road trip, to see our team battle like that, I think says a lot about our team. And you know, everybody in the locker room knows that we can play better, um, but the way you play better is by competing. Keeping your spirit as a team, and that's what I saw reflected tonight. We can talk about, you know, we didn't make some shots, we didn't play um, as connected as we wanted to early. Philadelphia was great early. You know, they were making everything. Um, we didn't defend as well as we wanted to, but the defense picked up throughout the game. And there's a lot of teams, I think, in that situation um, that wouldn't have responded the way this team did. Another positive also, Joe Ingles. I mean, mm-hmm. really, when handling the ball tonight, what did that give you? Well, again, you know, even when you, you don't get the result that you want, um, you know, we want to use the games to get better. And to see Joe, um, you know, play as aggressive as he did and throw himself into the game um, and made a lot of plays that, that we know he's capable of making. And, you know, he got himself going, you know, in a way that he hasn't been able to do recently. Um, as far as playmaking and, and reading and shooting. Those two runs weren't in the first quarter they had, one mm-hmm. in the second quarter, and then they got behind by around 25 or so. How tough yeah. was that mentally and just to try and get back in the field? Yeah, that, that's kind of, you know, the fact that there was two of them. Um, you know, you, you're you're in the hole like that, and it can you look up and it can be overwhelming. Um, it's early in the game, but even at halftime coming in where we were, um, and I, I'm not trying to, to, to spin this like, you know, we're rejoicing in what happened tonight, but, you know, we've got to play better. Um, there's things we can do better, and we'll keep doing what we can do, controlling the things we control, and, you know, we're going to improve. And the, I feel good about that prospect, given the fact that we saw how we responded this evening. Brother. Joe, Joe and Rudy in particular seem to be working well mm-hmm. in the pick and roll. Is, is trying to get Joe out there with him as much as possible to have him have a role man out there, something that you guys Well, you know, there, there's there, we've used a number of different combinations. Um, you know, the, there was a connection with, with those guys. There's no question about it. Um, that had a lot to do with their execution. Um, but they found that during, during the course of the game. And, um, and that's the thing about games right now. Um, we have to use the games to get better, um, particularly when you're not 
you know, when you're back-to-backs, you're on the road, you're not practicing. So um, those are things that we can turn to and, and, and try to keep doing. Getting a chance to go home now. How good will that be mm-hmm. for you guys? I'm sorry? Getting a chance to go home for your team. How good will that be for you guys? Well, we're, you know, home, road, whatever. And it's. I want us to come out and compete every night, you know. It's a quick turn. We fly across the country. We play the Lakers on Wednesday, so we'll keep at it. That was Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder as his team fell uh, to the Philadelphia 76ers, 103-94. to This this sounds really weird, Ben, but Quinn sounded better tonight than yeah. he did last night. You know, and that's, that's coaching for 82 games, where obviously last night he came out and got on his team after the loss and was slow getting out to the media. And then tonight he came out and said the five-game road trip's over. We didn't have the success we wanted to on the trip. You only went one and four. But what are you going to do? Dunk on your guys again and push them down farther? Like, no one in that locker room's happy tonight. No. No one's satisfied with how they played on this road trip. I mean, they had realistic expectations, too, that when you play three teams that were probably expected to finish in the top four in the Eastern Conference, you know, maybe Toronto's not as good as or as much better than we thought, but right. that quickly changed early in the season. Uh, I don't think the Jazz were thinking they were going to go four and one on this trip or five and zero. It just doesn't happen. It's the NBA, and you know no one's going to win sixty games this year, most likely. So you're going to lose your share of games, and the Jazz certainly did and didn't win as many on this road trip as they would like to. But yeah, Quinn says, you know what? I don't need to push us down farther. We get to go home. We get to sleep in our own beds and see our families for the first time in ten days now. At this point, since last Sunday. I mean, last Sunday. Think of. I mean, think of how many Thanksgivings you have had since last Sunday. Most people have had at least two and maybe three. And the Jazz haven't seen their loved ones in that stretch. So I'm sure they're very happy to go home. And Quinn Snyder's smart to say, you know what? Let's end this. Even though it was a loss, let's end on a high note. And the Jazz did on the floor as well with a good fourth quarter. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final tonight, the Jazz fall in Philadelphia to the 76ers, 103-94 right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show, Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. Uh, Post Game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. 103-94 to is your final. The Jazz fall in Philadelphia tonight. Uh, let's take a look at uh, your points in the paint. Brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. The Jazz actually smashed the 76ers in the paint tonight, Ben. 60 to 36. Yeah. Uh, but that uh, obviously wasn't where the Sixers were doing their damage. No, the 76ers were great. What they do, 50% from the three point line tonight. I think they ended up yep. uh, 13 of 26 from three. So that's a good number. You know, what did the Jazz lose by nine? Okay, so the 76ers made eight more threes in the Jazz tonight. That's 24 points. Yeah, you lost by nine. I mean, it's not it's not hard to know where the Jazz lost this game. And it was Jazz were taking floaters instead of taking three point shots. And no, the Jazz didn't shoot well. Five of twenty two is a miserable night. And look, the Jazz. I, I hate to keep going back to being tired because every team's tired in the NBA. And you're on the second night of a back to back, and unfortunately, that happens. You have to play those games. But the Jazz didn't draw iron on three consecutive three pointers in the first half. I, you know, Kobe Bryant airballed three threes here in the fourth quarter of a playoff series and was exhausted and couldn't couldn't shoot it anymore. The Jazz were that tired, apparently, in the first half of this game because mm-hmm. they failed to draw iron on three straight three-point attempts at about a minute and a half. I mean, they just had nothing. So I, I don't know if shooting threes was a better option tonight. It probably was, 
because of the off chance that they're going to go in, even if they're going in at 25% chance or 25%, it's better than what you're getting on some of those floaters, which look like they have no chance right now. But the, the 76ers were hot. The Jazz weren't getting a hand in their face, closing out because, again, the legs were not allowing them to get there. And then on the offensive side of the ball, they were cold until they got fresh legs from George Yang to come in and give them a spark of all yeah. people. Uh, Locke dropped the stat that Mitchell was 2 of 14 on floaters tonight, which is just just dreadful. Let's take a look at your three-point takeover, as uh, long as we're talking about the three-ball bin. Uh, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. Tonight, the Jazz from three were 5 of 22, 22.7%. Uh, Joe Ingles was 2 of 4, and that was by far the best Jazz performance from three. Uh, Bogdanovich, 1 of 5. Uh, Royce O'Neal, 0 for 2. Conley, 1 for 2. Donovan Mitchell, 1 for 6. And Jeff Green, 0 for 3. Jeff Green missed a couple of those quite badly yeah. too so yeah. uh just not i i mean that's legs i i think you're you're 100 percent right uh they're you know five of 22 22 isn't a ton of threes to get up anyway no right you want to be up around 35 in all honesty if 40 if you can get it and so the jazz aren't even getting those shots up which means the ball's moving slower you're not getting the shot up as quickly when you are there it was just it just was not there tonight the jazz just did not have it and, and it shouldn't be terribly surprising and then you know i knew they got in late i knew they flew in late i didn't know it took two hours to get from the tarmac to the hotel and they you know lock and booner said they didn't get in bed till 3 30 so right I, I don't know how you turn around and then play a philadelphia 76ers team in you know 20 hours or whatever that is however short of a yeah. slam that's 14 hours I don't, I don't know how you do that all right let's go back to philly where donovan mitchell is talking to the media tough one but can you look at this one tonight and look at that second half and take away some positives there uh yeah um i think we, we saw a lot of things we did well we competed you know i think it was the polar opposite last night but um it's been a long road trip man and you know it's it's tough and you know we're getting the shots we want the looks we want but sorry but um things just aren't falling um we'll figure it out though for sure how do you deal with that mentally you know when you're on the floor and then i mean even to come back and bring it within seven tonight and fight through that it's just being tough mentally i think that's all it is you know i think um there are a lot of people and a lot of teams this league who just call it, you know, and get ready to go home, but, you know, not us, you know. We made sure that we stayed in it, stayed in the fight, you know, and you can just tell by the vibe. Like, we know we competed. You know, at the end of the day, they're a good team. You know, they got you can't always come back down from being, what, 25, but, you know, we competed. You know, obviously, like I said, we want to have a better road trip, and, you know, but we have things we can build on and can work on, you know, and I think this is just another step along the road. What do you see from Joe Ingles tonight in that second half when he's handling the ball, what that gives you guys? Just being aggressive. You know, there are times where it's like just just run the same pick and roll with him and Rudy. You know, similarly like him and Fave last year, and you know they had a great connection. I think uh, I think it'll be great. You know, I think it's a great big uh, boost for him too. I think especially going back home, just kind of giving that that vibe. He's gonna see his kids, you know, and everybody just just being back. And we'll, we'll like I said, we'll we'll pick it up. How were you guys able to get Rudy Gobert involved more in, in tonight's game? I mean, Joe was part of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think Joe Angles for sure. Um, He's just working his butt off. You know, I think that's that's really where it is. You know, I think a lot of it is just you know sprinting the floor, you know, little things. You know, being able to set good screens, get us open, because then when guys start hitting shots, they got to respect it. That's when he's uh, there on the pass, and then being there on the boards. You know, being able to do all the little things that gets him involved, but also just keep an eye up. You know, when we realized Joel had five, he kind of just kept running at him, and you know, he don't want to foul out, so you know, being able to abuse that. But he's he's.
he's, he's worked his butt off for sure. Quinn talked about how you guys didn't have the connectivity you needed in the first half on, on the offensive end. How do you work on that so that, you know, you do come out in the next game and, and kind of have that cohesion? I mean, obviously we haven't practiced and I can't tell you how long. Um, at the end of the day, I feel like people forget that this is our third, what, third, fourth month together. <laughs> like, you know, you know, it may look great. You know, we may look, the numbers may look great on the stat sheet, but we got to be able to put the work in. And I don't think we have guys that are shy of doing that. You know, a lot of this is unselfish. You know, we're just trying to figure each other out. Um, I'd rather figure each other out and be 12 and 8 than 8 and 12, you know, like last last year. But, you know, we're, we're going to figure it out. Um, I'm going to figure it out. And it's, it's just, like I said, it's nothing to really overreact to. I mean, you know, same shots I got tonight, the same shots I've been hitting, same shots Paul Young got, same. I mean, so it's just a matter of just being able to be precise and then on top of that, defending. What happened with the fan at the end of the game? Oh, no, he was just being disrespectful. Um, I like Philly. You know, I think just that that talking trash, you know what I'm saying? I just, I appreciate part of the game. But, you know, when you start talking personal stuff, I think that's when things get kind of out of control. And, you know, Joe had my back for real. I was about to, you know, say something to Joe had my back. And, you know, it's just... This is what it is. What did know. he say? I won't repeat it, you know, but, you know, like I said, yeah, I mean, that's what it is. You could tell he had a little too much for sure, so it wasn't even mad at worth my time, and you know. But like I said, like, you know, it's part of the game. You know I mean? It is what it is. How difficult is it to work on stuff when you can't practice? Um, I think a lot of it's just mental. You know, I think we, we, we understand that things, you know, may not go our way, but we got to be able to push too. And I think the way you saw it in the second half, um, we were able to just go out there and, and find ways to just improve. You know, it may not always result in the win, but like, you know, we take something like this and move on for, for LA. That was Donovan Mitchell. Uh, and Mitchell tonight, Ben, 6 of 19. He had 18 points, three steals. He had an assist and a couple of rebounds. He and Joe Ingles did have an incident with the fan there, and the fan in the fourth quarter. And you heard Donovan talking about it. The fan was removed uh, from the game. Uh, but probably best uh, the cooler heads prevail. It sounds like Joe Ingles was there to kind of make sure the proper <laughs> channels were taken and that's that's really what should happen when fans get uh, out of line but uh, that is something that happened tonight and that's honestly that's probably partly exhaustion as well you're just at the end of a road trip and some yeah. guys barking at you in the corner and you're just saying i'm going to kill this guy <laughs> yeah right? for the jazz for not doing it because i mean jake you, you have hard days at work or yeah. whatever or hard days at home and then you know someone on the road is driving poorly in front of you and you're just like i'm going to lose it just I don't have it tonight. I can't imagine having back-to-back nights like the Jazz had on the floor, and then having some guy on the court who's drunk who's yelling at you and being like, "I gotta, I gotta figure this out." Right. Uh, along the line, something Donovan said about the Jazz practicing today is December second. I went back through the Jazz practice schedule. If I'm correct, the Jazz haven't practiced an actual just day where all they do is practice, don't have a game, no shoot around. Right. Was November fifteenth. Wow. It's almost three weeks ago since the team has had a, a day off where they went into practice. Otherwise, Quinn has said, we're going to have to rest these guys. Like We played too much. I, I was looking at the schedule today, and I thought, okay, the Jazz come back and play Wednesday. I'm like, okay, so i got to figure out Friday how to work. And then the Jazz had two days off, and I was it was foreign it that the crazy. Jazz have two games off. Yeah. Because, I mean, Adrian, you're here every night. I mean, you guys got to recognize, I mean, this is, it's a grind. 
I mean, it's a grind for you guys, yeah. and we're doing radio. Oh no! When when there's two days off, you you highlight those two yeah. days, and you say, "Oh, l- we can live life here. Yeah, here on this Thursday and right. Friday, and life we, can continue. We're not traveling, and you right. know, we're doing a couple of hours in a warm studio, and it, you know, it, it is it, nice in here. It's pretty yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah, we figured out the temperature. Yeah, it's not whatever too bad. it is. It's regulated, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we don't deal with planes, we don't deal with late flights, we don't deal with drunk fans, any of that stuff, right. and you know. That's I, I, to, to do all that and not be able to practice. I believe, honestly, looking back since the fifteenth is is amazing. Well, and I I kind of subscribe to the theory. Sometimes Quinn Snyder coach teams are a little slow to begin with for a reason. They're they're installing stuff that isn't. Uh, it, we've seen certain coaches in the NBA, like um, I don't know why, but Scott Brooks jumps out to me uh, as a guy who says, "Oh, okay, I've got Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook. So here's the ball. Yep. You guys go do it." I'll be I'll be napping in the office if you need me. Uh, give me a holler. Uh, no offense, Scott Brooks, I guess, but um, Quinn Snyder is certainly not that. And and so I think it takes a minute for everything to sink in. Let alone you, you change over uh, the cast of characters like they did, and and it is going to take a minute. I I'm a little bit surprised that the offense is this bad statistically just because I'm with you I think that they added more talent certainly offensively in the offseason and clicking is one thing but a lot of people including my co-host during the day Gordon Monson thought this would be a top five offense yeah and so it it is not at this point at this point and it probably won't because of the slow start it won't get there at any point this season right it's just you're too far behind the eight ball but uh it'll get better and you know and Quinn isn't Scott Brooks like you said Quinn doesn't just go out and say you know what tonight we're just gonna go uh Boyan Bogdanovich ISOs for 22 of our possessions. You know, we're, we're right. not going to do that. We're always going to look to play advantage basketball. We're always going to try and pass and see if we can find the open shot first. That's going to be our goal. And then late in the clock, if, if we need to find one of our scores or late in the game, we need to go ISO and find our scores, we can do that. But through the first 35 minutes, 44 minutes of a game, they're going to try and play that advantage basketball. And, you know, it, it's hard to get used to because... It's not how guys play. It's not how every team plays. All right, let's check out your assist feature, proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller Dealerships. Throughout the Utah Jazz season, Larry H. Miller Dealerships is donating $50 for each assist to Larry H. Miller Charities. We are driven by you. Uh, tonight, uh, the Jazz had 23 assists, spent on 38 made baskets. Mike Conley had six. Joe Ingles had eight. Was this Joe's best? I mean, it feels weird to say this in a in a nine point loss, but this, was this his best game this year? Not bad. Certainly was was one of his better games, and and maybe that just comes from him being the guy with the ball in his hands. I mean, it was his second highest scoring game of the season, which is crazy. He only had fifteen points, but his, his high before that was sixteen. Last time the Jazz played Philly, so you hope it's not just a Philly thing. Right. I mean, you hope he's channeled something and hasn't just found a, a good matchup that he likes, but. Uh, yeah, Jazz need Joe, Joe Ingles to get going, and, and he's actually been pretty good on this road trip. Three of the five games he was up in double digits, so that's, that's a good start. And I think there might be something to putting the ball in his hands and give him, giving him a little bit of a bigger role. 23 assists for the Jazz on 38 shots? 38 uh, makes? Yep, 23 on 38. 23 is a lot in a game where you don't break 100. It's not terrible. You know, that's pretty good. The problem is you only made 38 shots. <laughs> you know, you want that to be around 45 or 50 if you have a really good night. That would be an issue. All right. Uh, go where love takes you in the newly redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final 103 to 94 Jazz Fall in Philly. It's your Jazz Game Night postgame show on the Jazz Radio Network.
Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson of KSL Sports, brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jazz lose tonight to the Philadelphia 76ers in Philly, 103-94. They finish this five-game road trip 1-4. and four. Now return back to Salt Lake to take on the Lakers on Wednesday. And uh, Ben, we'll get back to this game specifically uh, coming up here in a second. But the schedule does lighten up after the Lakers, starting with uh, with Memphis on Saturday. You've got a game with the Timberwolves coming up. You've got a game with Oklahoma City coming up. Uh, and you've got, obviously, more home games. So there are going to be some opportunities to uh, – there's a game with the Hawks coming up. I mean, there's going to be some opportunities to, to right the ship a little bit. Memphis, Oklahoma City, Minnesota, Golden State, Orlando, Atlanta, Charlotte. You can feast there. There you, you go. You know, if you can get it working, you can feast. I mean, honestly – between Oklahoma City and Minnesota, Minnesota's a road game. That those are tough. You know, those are two like capable teams, but not great teams. Certainly, if you can get through those, and I you know the Lakers on Wednesday are brutal, but the Lakers second night of a back to back. I mean, historically, I think the Jazz have played the Lakers on this back to back at Denver, at Utah, mm-hmm. only a couple of times, and the Jazz blow out the Lakers every time. Whether that was, I mean, that even goes back to like Magic's Lakers or right. Kobe's Lakers. You just don't win going Denver to Salt Lake. It's so hard. To, to play those two teams back-to-back at altitude. But, yeah, Memphis, Oklahoma City, Minnesota, Golden State, Orlando, Atlanta, Charlotte, those all – the Jazz doable. will be favored in every single one of those games as long as they're healthy. And and you get a day off in between all of them. You get three days off in between uh, a couple of them. It's pretty nice. Jazz need that. This is a, a very random aside, but – then again, you know, we're it's the end of a road trip. It's a little random. Uh, but the uh, the Warriors or the Hawks beat the Warriors tonight, 104 to 79. But are you surprised the Hawks are as bad as they are? They shouldn't be this bad just because John Collins is out for 25 games with the PED thing uh, or whatever his suspension right. was. But they're better than this. They should be better than this. They're 5 and 16. I thought that they would be a little Dallas ish. Yeah. Does that make any sense? And Dallas is better than I thought that they probably would be, and Atlanta's not. But I thought that they would be kind of like this young, up-and-coming team that maybe pushes for one of those final playoff spots. But you're right, the, the John Collins thing, I mean, that's huge. He's they, a great player. They should have been this year what the Kings were last year, where the Kings finished yeah. in the ninth seed in the West, and they were like eight or nine games back by the time it was all said and done. But right around the Alistair break, there was still a chance of like, hey, if things break right, the Kings maybe make a push, and, and it's been the exact opposite. Well, I mentioned the uh, the Hawks did win tonight, but a lot of teams win when they're playing against the Golden State Warriors, and the Jazz have a game against Golden State yeah. on the horizon as well. Trey Young's been awesome. He's averaging 28 points a game, That's and eight assists, and he shoots 45% and 38%. So he's awesome, and it's still he's that good, and you're still going to say they should have drafted Luka. Right. That's how good Luka is. I mean, Luka really is on pace right now. To be in the conversation for the best ever. Yeah. Like, well, that's insane. You know, it, it's kind of interesting now that we're going down this rabbit hole, but like, you know how Houston, the Rockets didn't get blamed that much for not taking Jordan because yeah. they took Hakeem, right? I mean, you, you'd still probably want Jordan, but Hakeem's Hakeem. I mean, won an MVP, won two championships. Unbelievable. You would right? take that with any top so, draft pick. I think when we look at the Doncic draft, I think that Atlanta will kind of fall into that category where Trey Young will be good enough, but he's not quite Luka. You're not really blasting him. The teams you're going to look at are Phoenix, who took DeAndre Ayton, even though they had uh, Doncic's uh, European coach. And Igor Kokoshkov. They decided to take the local guy in DeAndre Ayton, and and we'll see how he does, but I don't think he's going to be Luka. And then what? Sacramento takes Marvin Bagley, who's okay. Who's okay. Hasn't played much this season. Broke his thumb in the first game. I think. 
it was the first week if it wasn't yeah. the first game. You know, it was the first game. You're Against actually, the Suns. Yeah, you're totally Against DeAndre right. Yeah, of all people. Those are the two teams I think you'll look at and go, yeah. Luka Doncic this year, he's in his second year in the NBA and he's 20. He's averaging 30 points a game, 9.9 rebounds and 9.6 assists. Ridiculous. I mean, no player's ever averaged a 30-point triple-double. Only two players have ever averaged a triple-double. And we're 21 games of the season. It's. I mean, his numbers will regress a little bit probably, but maybe not. Right. 30, 10, and 10 in your second year in the NBA. That's nuts. I, I'm sure people rolled their eyes when I said he's in the conversation to be the best ever because he's only in his second year, and I get it. But that trajectory is unmatched. There's no one else who's ever done that before. And it's all real. You watch him play. It's all legit. He has quiet nights and he scores 40. And you're thinking, what? Who is this person? Where did this guy come from? You know, you know what I think is is unsung about him is he's big. It's really big. He is he's big. Yep. And he's he's different than than Ben Simmons. And I know Ben Simmons is tall, but he's a little bit long the longer side. Doncic has some. There's some. There's some bulk there. Some girth. Yeah. Some <laughs> weight. He's a. He's like his game is most similar to James Harden. And he's probably got a better body. Yeah. And he knows the game so much better at a such such a younger age. Well, I, and the level that he was dominating in Europe at 17 years old, I mean, maybe more of us should really have seen, seen this coming. MVP I mean, of the Euro League at 18? Right. Maybe draft him. Maybe the second best league in the world, and he's by far the best player. They win championships with him hitting clutch threes. He's probably going to make it in the league. He's fun. Yeah, I mean, that that's a great story. And if Porzingis turns out to be... The player that a lot of people think he can be. I mean, Dallas is going to be good for a while. Yep. And and we're seeing them come along. But anyway, back to the back to the Hawks and back to the Jazz because yep. of course we were talking about their schedule lightening yep. up uh, after the uh, the Laker game coming up on Wednesday. Uh, but Ben, let's uh, let's get to tonight's Master of the Glass, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert here for another great year of basketball. and proud to be the preferred Auto Glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program at the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader with all proceeds benefiting the neighborhood house. Ben, tonight's Master of the Glass, as usual, the one and only Rudy Gobert with uh, 12 boards. He had five offensive rebounds tonight to go, go along with his 27 points and three block shots. Uh, Rudy was by far the best player tonight for the Jazz. Yeah, he might have been the best player overall in the game, honestly. He may have been the best uh, the, the best player on the floor. You look at what the uh, best Philadelphia 76er did. Tobias Harris, I mean, 26 points, but 23 shots to get there. Had four turnovers. He wasn't brilliant. Like, it never felt like, oh, Tobias Harris is killing the Jazz right now. He had right. a couple of big buckets, but it never felt like he was killing the Jazz. It was maybe Al Horford in the first half, but was pretty quiet the second half. So Rudy was probably the best player on the floor. And, and you know, I said before this game, we, we got to see Rudy get going. We got to see if he can come back and, and get back from that ankle injury fully. And, and I think he did. And it's just so huge for the for the Jazz to be able to get that going because you can destroy some of those teams we've, we've said coming up because they're going to drive to the rim and look for me first shots and Rudy's going to be there to reject it. And that's how you get misses and easy baskets going the other direction. Well, he totally outplayed Embiid tonight. Yep. 16 points for Joel Embiid, 5 of 13 shooting. Uh, he had 11 rebounds and he did have a block shot. But how about this? Embiid only took two threes and he took at least one of those. The one he made, he took really early really on early. In, in the game. And kind of the the game here in Utah, he just stood outside the three-point line and, and bombed away. Tonight, Rudy just pretty much made him a non-factor? He also had five fouls. 
And you look at the plus minus of the starters. Tobias Harris was plus 12. Al Horford was plus 13. Ben Simmons was plus 19. And Joel Embiid was minus one. Mm. So, yeah, they, they were worse on the floor with, with Joel Embiid tonight than they were when he was off. So, yeah, that was a that's a good sign for the Jazz. Matisse Thibel out of uh, Washington, who I think a lot of Jazz fans liked going into the draft because you've watched him play against the Utes. He was really good tonight. He's just a, he's a wonderful defensive player for a rookie who generally those guys don't play defense. 25 minutes plus 13, nine points, three steals. That's awesome. Yeah. What did you think of Ben Simmons tonight? Uh, 14 points, nine assists, eight rebounds, 7-11 shooting. Oh, for four from the line? I think you want everything except for the, the foul shots, you know, and, and fans were, were yelling at him to shoot the three with all the entire fourth quarter. They just wanted to see him take one. But, uh, no, this was one of the best games I think we've seen Ben Simmons play against the Jazz. He was good defensively again. The nine assists were great, and it was kind of quiet because it was a blowout. Like He didn't have to be great, but he was consistently putting pressure on the Jazz, which is what he needs to do. He seems to flow in and out of games sometimes. Well, and you mentioned this in the uh, in the pregame, and you were right on, and he did it tonight. He's turned into a fine defensive player. Yep. He gets in a lot of passing lanes. Yep. I mean, he's we knew he's uber athletic and long, and and he uses all that. He makes life difficult on whoever he's yep. he's guarding, and did at times to Donovan tonight. And, and, and it's probably one of the main reasons that, that Boyan really couldn't get it going at any yep. point either. You know, Boyan struggled with the ball in his hands tonight, thinking when he was putting the ball on the floor, dribbles not coming back up to him. That's just too much thought going on there. All right, it is your Jazz Game Night postgame show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. We will uh, find out what Ben is writing about tonight coming up on the other side. Also, what to take from this five-game road trip as the Jazz return home to take on the Lakers coming up on uh, Wednesday night. Go Where Love Takes You in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final tonight, 103-94. to Jazz fall to the Sixers. Uh, we want to say a big thanks to uh, David and Ron. Great work as usual uh hopefully they have safe travels back here i know they're both looking forward get over the potomac safely potomac and you'll be okay that was a weird way to start tonight's post game it's very strange but what are you gonna do uh big thanks to uh the broadcast assistants that helped out tonight thanks as always to adrian Lizer, executive producer of jazz game night thanks to our uh sponsor our title sponsor of jazz game night post game show mark miller subaru go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 subaru outback available now at mark miller subaru the official subaru partner of the utah jazz learn more at markmillersubaru.com and of course ben thank you very much Always a pleasure. I'll see you next week. See you next week, buddy. Yeah. All right. Uh, the Jazz Fall tonight in Philly, 103 to 94. And you heard it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network. <laughs>